Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Just say a little something regarding the um, news 
concerning Whitney Houston's death, and we just here at Black Writers Space do want to say that um, we do um, send our condolences to her family and uh, fans, and I know everyone is devastated, and, you know, you have the Internet and it's stories flying about this and that, but first and foremost, she still was a human. There was a life lost, and um, we should all be in prayer for her family. Tonight, my guest is Russell Blake, musician, concert soloist, educator, and author. And I am delighted to have him tonight with us. So I'm going to bring him on. Hello. Peace and blessings, Miss Loka. Hi, how are you? Very well. How are you? I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited to have you on the show. Uh, tonight is not a problem. Tonight is normally our. Um, I started a, a relationship segment, but however, we made some changes, and um, you are our topic tonight. So uh, I'm just gonna go ahead and get right, get started right away. Um, you have so many different things going on. I hardly know where to start. Um, I think I want to start with your music. Okay. And, yes, tell us how you even, how that came about, how you started in the music industry. How many years have you been in the music industry? This September will make 38 years in the industry. Oh, my God. Really? Yes. Yes. Wow. This September will make 38 years. uh, It began when I was very young, and my dad came home with a, a bass with an electric bass for a birthday gift, and he was following a vision that both of his sons were going to play the bass. My dad is also a musician, but he plays trombone and trumpet, so he truly had a spiritual vision that will enable him the wisdom to teach two of his sons an instrument that he himself had never played before. So he used intellect, wisdom, blood, sweat, and tears, bought the best books, had me sitting down three to four hours every day, and within three months' time, I began working as a professional. Wow. Wow. So, uh, That's amazing. Truly owe it all to him. Yeah, well, it's a blessing. And to be a musician is truly a blessing. Uh, since that time, it has taken me all over the world, 65 countries so far, with, to have favor to have worked with some of the greatest artists in the industry. Uh, from Chaka Khan to Harry Belafonte, from Mary Mary to Sonny Rollins. Uh, Broadway plays, The Lion King, Dream Girls, and on and on. So uh, wow. anyone under the sound of my voice who has the aspiration or whose children have the aspiration to become a, a musician, I would thoroughly encourage you to invest in that vision because the, the dividends are beyond measure. The dividends are beyond measure. And as I said, it's taken me to 65 countries so far. And at the time, that my father put the bass in my hand, I had no idea. I simply had no idea. So um, God is good, and the Word teaches us that a man's gifts will make room for him before kings and queens. So I'm very grateful. Absolutely. And make your name great. Yes, I totally agree. Yes, (laughs) absolutely. Um, So just give us um, uh, a... I see, wow, 
performs works. I'm looking at your your media kit. Performs works from Mozart, Beethoven. Oh my God, this is awesome. This is not what you you don't run into this every day. Thirty eight years. This is amazing, and you're right. It is a blessing. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. As a concert soloist, I've developed a a technique on the four-string electric bass. I call it the melodious chordal technique, and essentially it states the philosophy is that it enables me to perform melody, harmony, and rhythm, rhythmic accompaniment simultaneously. And the bass is normally known as a support instrument. So God has been very good to me in enabling me to develop this technique that enables me to play rhythm, harmony, and melody simultaneously. And so far, I currently have 432 pieces in my repertoire, encompassing all genres of music, all composers of music. Wow. Okay, well, congratulations to you. And it's it's really an honor to have you on our show. Um, You're really doing some big things um, internationally not just United States. So I definitely want to commend you on all of your um, accomplishments. You're doing very well, and, and I'm sure much more to come. Yeah, this is this is awesome. Um, <clears throat> now tell me this. You've worked with so many different celebrities. Tell me this. How was that experience, being able to just kind of work with different um so many different top name artists around the world. How was that experience? The experience from each one to each one is usually the same in that uh-huh. what you see on stage is just one facet of the entertainer because you're going to a 90-minute show or maybe perhaps a two-hour show as the audience. That's what you're seeing. But as a musician, you're getting more of an education behind the scenes because you're having the opportunity to travel with these folks, to live with them, to have breakfast, lunch, dinner, et cetera, et cetera. So you're getting a formal education through their own life experiences. And Mm -hmm. that is what truly uh, forms you and and, and makes you well-rounded as a human being, especially if it's an artist of great character, especially if it's Mm -hmm. an artist that that has evolved beyond music, like a Harry Belafonte, who is so integral in the civil rights movement. So you're gaining so much from them, and what you, what you are learning from them, you can never get in schools. You can never get in colleges or universities. So that was really my experience, being able to work with some of these great people. When I toured with St. Rollins and the stories he would tell me about Billie Holiday, about Thelonious mm. Monk, about John Coltrane, and these stories would enrich me so much yes, that absolutely. you actually learn more off stage than you do on stage. So that's how I would best uh, be suited to answer your question. That's why I encourage people, pursue music, pursue it, because whatever you invest, whatever you invest qualitatively into music, you will get back quantitatively in life. Mm-hmm. So pursue it. You have nothing to lose. You never know where it may take you. Absolutely, I agree. Now tell me this, did you ever get a chance to work behind the scenes with Whitney Houston? No, unfortunately not. Regrettably, I did not. I I wish I had. And at the time that Whitney was touring during the 80s and 90s, I was touring with with Chaka. 
and and with other people. So, you know, we would pass one another on tours, which happens all the time when you have summer jazz festivals. You have bands passing each other all the time. I was on tours with uh, with Chaka, uh, Gap Band, Cool in the Game. Mm. Uh, you know, what's the other band? Frankie Beverly and Maze and Slave. They were out at that time, and unfortunately, I never got to work with Whitney. And uh, it's something that I definitely regret because, uh, you know, her voice was was just truly a God-given gift and one that will never appear on this earth again. So I certainly would have liked to work with her, but didn't have the opportunity. Okay. Now, um, I have a question concerning the um, your your opinion, and by you working in the field so and so up close and personal with uh, different celebrities and different artists, and you came up with some of the real musicians. So, how do you feel about the music industry now, the way it is now with maybe R and B? Um, we got what they calling it hip hop, but the rap. The how do you? Yeah, with you coming up with some of the old schoolers and learning mm-hmm. from them. Yeah, how do you feel about the new wave thing they got going on now with this music? Well, there's a great deal of talent, you know, that exists today. Uh, obviously, the big difference between you know uh, back in the day, seventies, eighties, nineties, was that we were dealing with more natural instrumentation. You know, people mm-hmm. were actually playing instruments and people were actually singing. And today, you don't have that. You have more people who are dependent upon computers. They have something called auto pitch, which is a machine that helps to keep people in tune when they're singing. These mm-hmm. things never existed back in the day. You had to truly study your craft. You had to nurture your gift as a musician. And today, unfortunately, it's become so complacent the necessity to study your craft. And the majority of the music is computer-generated. So just on a musical tip, that's one of the things that is is so sad to to witness, how the natural, the organic way of playing music has been lost over the years. And sadly, the other thing that that is quite uh, contentious within me to behold is the messages that are being given today as opposed to yesterday. Because back in the day, most folks were singing all about love, all about courtship, all about upholding, you know, ourselves as people. James Brown, I'm black and I'm proud. Um, Marvin Gaye talking about ecology. The majority of Earth, Wind, and Fire talking about keeping the spirit high and keep your head to the sky. And today, it's so sad to see that that which we would define as culture, and the culture is a word that is defined as the arts and the manifestations of intellectual achievement. And unfortunately, when we listen to a lot of our music today, where is the intellectual achievement? What we're hearing more is a denigration and a degradation of our women, first and foremost. And that yeah. is very regrettable. What we're hearing is profanity-laced lyrics. Yeah. What we're seeing when we go to the record store, if we download, we're, we're getting parental warnings. You know, and it's unfortunate because this is what is our children are listening to. What are we leaving to them? What type of values are we giving them when it's all about the blame, when it's all about materiality, when it's all about, you know, um, video vixens and things of that nature? So spiritually and musically, there's been a lot lost, 
And, you know, fortunately, as the word says, where there's life, there's hope. And there are many artists out there who are trying to turn things around. Unfortunately, they're up against the political machinery in the music industry that wants to keep the status quo. Mm -hmm. It's very difficult for positive hip-hop artists and positive rappers to be able to get the same type of notoriety and exposure that others in their field are getting. Because the powers that be don't want that. They want to keep things the same. If you can keep the people divided, you never have to worry about their strengths coming against you when they're united. So we have a lot to do. We have a job to do as it concerns our culture and bringing back intellectual achievement to its mm-hmm. higher status. Wow. That's... Um it's kind of sad that, um, and like you said, I, I know it is a lot of uh, people now that are trying to bring it back, but they're up against <laughs> a lot now right. because right. everybody's gotten used to this this new thing that they're doing now. So, and like right. everything is computerized, and back then they had live bands behind them, and yeah, so. Right. Absolutely. Um, we're going to take a, a real quick break. And I'll be right back. Good evening, and we are back. I am your host, Miss Mocha, and I have my co-host with me tonight, DeAndrea. DeAndrea? Hi. Hey, how you doing? Good. Tonight our guest is Russell Blake. 
musician, concert soloist, educator, and author. And he is amazing. He has been in the music industry for 38 years. Yes. So he has seen a lot. He has um, accomplished so much, and um, I just commend him on uh, everything that he's done, everything that he's contributed to Absolutely. the music field, and um, it's an honor to have him tonight. Absolutely, absolutely. Now so, I have uh, welcome, Sister Deontre. I just wanted to say welcome. Thank you, thank you. I think I have someone who wants to come on air. Let me just check and make sure. It's appearing to be a, a caller that wants to ask a question. Hello. Hello, hello. Hi, did you have a question or comment for our guest? Yes, I did. I had a, um, I had a question for the author. I wanted to know what was his inspiration for him to do everything that he does in both his music and, all, and also in his um, wonderful, phenomenal book. The inspiration that for everything that I'm blessed and fortunate to do uh, is strictly from God. Um, it's about creative thinking. I aspire to the best of my ability to do two things in life. That is to be both a creative thinker and a critical thinker. A creative thinker and a critical thinker. And when doing both, uh, truth cannot help but be proved by its results. Truth cannot help but be proved by its results. When you are a creative thinker, the truth of what God has given you in your spirit as to your talent, whatever it may be, will come out in the results. If you are truly honest to the gift that God has given you, you will practice, you will study, you will nurture, you will discipline yourself, and your gift will reveal itself more and more and more. Truth will, not, will only be proved by its results in that regard. If you're a critical thinker, your aspiration is to be truly an investigator, a researcher, one who is going to be analytical about all that is presented before you. You're not going to simply take one person's truth, but you're going to seek out to the best of your ability what is the underlying foundation of whatever the issue at hand happens to be. In so doing, you become more of a critical thinker to find out the reason behind all things, because all things that are up here are not necessarily truth. We have to find out the facts, the reason behind all things. When you do this, truth will prove itself best by its results. So I aspire to be both a creative and a critical thinker every single day because I feel that's what we were placed on the planet to do. Hmm. Wow. Wow. You, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Okay, we had a caller. Go ahead, caller. I apologize. No, 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 no. No, no. You're completely fine. I was just I was just saying wow to the prolific of things. Um, I have one more question and I'll get off. Now, which family now you have to have had a family member that you're most inspired by. I mean, is it your mama, is it your papa? You got an Uncle Bobo somewhere? <laughs> Who inspires you to be so awesome? Um, to be quite honest, uh, you know, all of the great philosophers and uh, people who walk in truth are the people who inspire me the most because each of our lives is, is significant and there is no life that is of waste or is expendable. So we can learn from each individual who comes into our lives. Even the fool has his own story. 
and we can learn from the fool and how not to do things that are foolish. So I try to, uh, to the best of my ability, keep, in spite of whatever accomplishments I may have had, to just, you know, each and every day keep keep down to earth to the best of my ability and to keep my eyes and ears open to learn from all people because all people are our teachers. Absolutely. Wow. Wow. Awesome, awesome. Awesome. Exactly. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for calling in. Yes, ma'am. Thank you so much. And thank you, too, Mr. Blake. You're welcome. That was awesome. You know, I can hear you. I see that you're a noted professor, and I believe it says in five different universities across the country. And I can hear the teacher in you, the way that you enunciate, the way that you pronounce your words, the way that you speak and repeat. Um, You know, repetition is a key for a lot of people. And so the way you repeat things and uh, put emphasis here and there, I can hear the professor in you. And so I just wanted to say congratulations and just uh, just be an outstanding human being, an outstanding man, an outstanding African-American man, an outstanding man of God, just all of the things, all of the 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 um, accolades that we can, I mean, I can go on and on and on. Um, you, it looks like you give back. Um, I wanted to ask you a little bit about your charities, and um, I see, I wanted to ask you what was... Um, now, you have two. One is the National um, Domestic Violence Registry that you do, and also um, there's one for the Children of the World. Yes, Children of the World is a piece that I produced, that I wrote, produced, uh, composed, and it had to do with trying to raise awareness and consciousness to the plague, the pandemic, actually, in Africa and in certain parts of Latin America to the usage of child soldiers, Mm -hmm. the usage of child soldiers, especially on the continent of Africa, Mm -hmm. where children are being exploited. Uh, You will have, for example, groups of armed men will go into a village and they will kill off all of the parents and they will abduct the children, especially the young boys, Mm -hmm. 9, 10, 11, 12 years old, and then begin to reprogram them mentally to become trained killers. And one of the tactics that they will use is that they will put a rifle in the arms of a young man by his second week of training, and they will have that young man to shoot his uncle or to shoot his Mm -hmm. grandfather or to shoot his aunt. They will have reprogrammed him and brainwashed him to believe that his uncle, his grandfather, his aunt is actually a government spy, and he's a traitor to the people. And they will have that young person to kill their own family member. And later on, by the grace of God, if that young man has been redeemed as a result of U.N. forces coming in and saving these children, mm-hmm. through the deprogramming process, this is some of the most painful experiences that anyone can go through, much less someone that's 10, 11, or 12 years old, to now have to relive and regress into the experience of shooting their own family member. Yes. So this is a horrific crime against humanity, and I've just been doing my part in terms of trying to raise awareness uh, in in coexistence with the United Nations against the usage of child soldiers. Mm -hmm. The other uh, organization you mentioned is the National Domestic Violence Registry, 
which is a nonprofit organization which is now using the, the sophisticated technology and database available to us to make make possible for anybody that is in courtship with another that is about to become possibly in an intimate partner relationship leading to marriage. It is the first time in history giving either the woman or the man the opportunity to go into this database absolutely free to put the individual's name in and to just see if you get a hit that comes back. And this is not a situation where it's it's about non-trust of an individual. This is a situation Mm -hmm. where it's about investment in your love, investment in your life. Because one of the things that abusers thrive on is anonymity. One of the things they thrive on, we all know, is being a liar. One of the things they thrive on is relocating from one region to another. So if, in fact, they have been convicted in any state uh, for domestic violence, uh, their information will now come back through that database. And the National Domestic Violence Registry is in partnership with states and local governments to provide now this information. It's similar to the sex offender registry. You can put a person's name into this database and you'll get a hit back. And I've now become a partner with this organization, and I I can tell you, I can share with you that since becoming a partner with them last year, I've gotten several letters from women who were thanking me for this, you know, making known this very uh, technological uh, device because men that they were prepared to marry, they came Hmm. to find out that they actually were convicted of domestic violence. Now, is this a website that you can give us or? Yes, um, yes, by all means. I'm glad you mentioned that. It is domesticviolencedatabase.org domesticviolencedatabase.org and you can go on in the comfort of your home. It's absolutely free. Whatever state you're in, you just follow the prompts, follow the information and in less than five minutes you will have the information that you are seeking. So I encourage everyone to please think about becoming a member if not for yourself, then for a loved one of whom you may have concern about. Absolutely. That's so important. That we get the information out there, we're going to post that on our website, um, and then we'll come. We'll ask for all of your information again before we part with you. Um, and I've, I've listened to you, and I'm telling you, I'm so impressed not just by who you you've met and the people that you've come in contact with, but just your own person and the the positive. Um, vibe that you exude. It's just all over you. It's, I'm sure it's transferring all to the um, audience and to the listeners, Very and I'm so excited to have you. And I just wanted to ask, out of every topic that you could have chosen to write a book about, it could have been music, it could have been one of the famous people that you met, it could have been about the the um, teaching technique or the teaching tool that you have developed, but out of everything that you chose to write about, you chose to write about the black woman. Can you please expound upon that? The reason being is because, first and foremost, this is what God has placed into my spirit to write. It it was certainly not something that I just sat down and said, I'm going to do this. I received an epiphany of sorts, and I was on a tour to 45 nations in 145 days. And I had my laptop with me, and through prayer and meditation in the morning, I was began to be endowed with these pieces, with these pieces of which are biblical in nature, 
um, biblically-based pieces, and they are basically like a- affirmations. It's just a love letter to mm-hmm. the black woman. And uh, God endowed into my spirit to write these words. And the reason being, I believe, because we're at a critical stage in the black community in terms of perception, which is one of the most powerful tools known to mankind. Yeah. Perception is a tool that can either be used to destroy or it can be used to raise up and to build up and to edify. And perception is now being used against the black woman in ways that have never been done before in the history of this country. And you can just look around you in so many different ways. From the May 2011, I believe, Psychology Today magazine, where some noted scientists expressed that black woman was the ugliest woman on the planet, Mm. to going through any community from Philadelphia to Phoenix or Cleveland to Compton. And when you go into that black community, more so than any other community in the United States, you will look up and see billboards that are showing scantily clad black women selling malt liquor. And you don't see that in any other community. Why the black community? It's meant and it's placed there for the control and the perception of our mindset. You see, when you begin to teach someone that they are inferior, you don't have to worry about which direction they're going to go in. They're going to, by their own very nature, pursue a direction of inferiority. And by this constant barrage of of media, of negative media, it's working its way not into the, only into the consciousness of the black woman, but into the consciousness of the black man and the black child as well. And this is something that has to be refuted, it has to be rebuked, it has to be addressed. And who better to address the protection of women than the men of the community? So this book has come about in order to fight the negative perception of black women that is so constant all around us, from our culture, from our music videos, from negative magazines, Hollywood, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so I am just one man in an army of silent men who feel the same way, and I'm just simply trying to be that spark, that catalyst to get the conversation going from community to community, that we black men need to now start having our think tanks like we used to. If we can get together in the barbershop to talk about the NBA and the NFL, we can surely get together two times a week in our homes to mm-hmm. talk about the defense and the protection of the women of our community. Absolutely. I agree that's, with that. That's amazing. That is amazing. And you're, you're so right. I'm raising three teenage daughters right now, and the perception, even like you said, with the music, music has changed so much. Um, I know Tiffany and I are fans of Unsung, and we watched that on TV One. And I remember watching the the Jodeci version where they were just talking about how music has changed so much that there aren't love songs, there aren't you know ballads, there's no serenading women now. Um, mm. It's so different now, and mm. um, you know. Having just thinking about that and having that in my mind, listening to songs, I tell my kids all the time, you know, this is not real music. And, you know, the same thing, the personification of the black woman in the media, in the industry, whether it's music, whether it's magazine, even with the magazines, they don't even portray 
um, all different types of beautiful black women. Yeah. And so yeah. all my children know is what they see. Well, not all of but I'm yeah. saying that's what they, they are drawn to, what they see on TV and the Beyonce's. And Beyonce's beautiful, don't get me wrong, but, you know, a lot of that is not real. What you see, that's the, the entertainment part, like you were talking about before. It's not that one side of a person. So... You're right, and for you to um, partake that or, or take that on as a, a personal um, thing that you want to do, and, and for one, I can say thank you for being obedient hmm. because God can Absolutely. give us things, and we aren't always obedient to what he puts in front of us. So we appreciate that. Oh, there's no doubt about it. Um, I, I cannot help but to aspire to a place of obedience as it comes to what God would have me to do as a man to stand up for our woman. I had a beautiful mother. I love her. She's with the Lord now, but I still love her, and I can never forget the nurturing that she gave unto me. I have a beautiful daughter. I love her. I can never forget her entrance into my life and how it influenced and changed me for the better. So a man in coming to the essence of himself, when it comes to women, will understand that the two most influential women in his life, well, actually three, but the two are his mother and his daughter. And by the grace of God, if he is fortunate to have a wife, she will obviously be right there at the top as well. The mission statement of my book is that if one black woman is thought to be expendable, then every black woman's immeasurable value is now diminished in the eyes of the world. If one black woman is thought to be expendable, then every black woman's immeasurable value is now diminished in the eyes of the world. And unfortunately, we've come to a point where black women are now believed and accepted to be expendable. What do we mean by this word expendable? Not significant, not of worth, easily thrown away, easily discarded, not upgraded, but downgraded. No. Mm -hmm. My daughter, my mother, you... Your daughters, everybody, every black woman on, in, on this country, on this planet, is not expendable. What do I mean by their measurable value will be diminished in the eyes of the world? Well, if they are thought to be of non-worth, mm-hmm. and if we as a people are not holding up our own women, then how can we expect the world to respect our women? Absolutely. In my Absolutely. travels to places like Vietnam or or. Uh, Japan or especially places in Southeast Asia where they do not have a great significant population of African Americans in their cities, they are dependent upon what they see on television. And what they are watching on television is from good times, the sitcom, to rap videos. And this is the impression they have of our people and of our women, that all we do all day is shuck and jive and dance. That is the impression that they have of us. See, we are dealing with the continuing dumbing down of America, which actually started in the mid-'80s at a higher exponential than in the 60s when crack was introduced into our communities. We're dealing with the dumbing down of the destiny of the mind. When we had Renaissance in the beginning of the century, of of the 19th and 20th century in the black community, Renaissance meant intellectual achievement. You had people like Langston Hughes. You had giants of that nature, both in literature and in music, who were doing things that stimulated the mind to thought. You had greatness like Paul Robeson. You had individuals like this who were taking their their artistry to a a height that the world had to acknowledge. 
And the United States government had to shut Paul Robeson down because he was that powerful and influential in the world. But now we're living in a time where math and science and literature, we as the United States are down at the bottom. We rank down at the bottom. There are only three countries lower than us. We are ranked number 31 in math and science. When last year you have 40% of all high school graduates, they are functionally illiterate. What is that saying? What is that saying? So the dumbing down of America has to do with the destiny of the flesh. And what is the animating principle of the flesh? It is the spirit. But when the spirit is corrupted, how can the flesh thrive? If the spirit is corrupted, then that flesh is going to begin to turn into a cadaver. Mm -hmm. It is going to begin to degrade. And this is where we are, unfortunately, as a people. We're so caught up in... In, in the bling bling and the money and the vanity and, and, and the flesh and idolatry and all of this foolishness that we are no longer investing into the destiny of the mind. And this is what my book is about. It's about a revolution to embrace, uplift, empower, and support the woman of our community using that one advent of quality powerful enough to make a difference. And that quality is love. That's all we need as men to lift up our women. We just need to love them. Praise God. That's amazing. That that's that, that, really that within itself should be uh the beginning of a class. <laughs> it should be the beginning of uh of a movement. It should be the beginning, mm. the introduction to every black male. I have a son that is fourteen and as much as he loves his mother, he does not like black girls. And no, you know, and and it, as a mother, as a black woman, it pains me because I want him to love those of his own culture. Not saying that I don't appreciate other people, but just knowing that this is my only son, and he will carry on the name of my husband's family, which is not right. so much important, but that my grandchildren will have his name, and it's important for me that he understands not only the the struggles of a black woman and um, the things that a black woman goes through, but the things also to appreciate a black woman. And even, I mean, most of our black men these days that we see in the grocery store, at the movies, in the library, um, that we meet on the streets, they don't even have a level of intellect. Just the, their level of intellectuality is 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 a moot point. It's gone, you know. So I mean, even even as a black woman, you know, a black man has to understand and know what it is for us to be who we are. So again, I commend you on just your choice, the choices that you have made. I really do, and I appreciate it. I really do. Well, I thank you for the invitation once again to come on the show because this has given me an opportunity to address those very brothers of whom you speak. The strength of the idea of my book is to communicate the precious and priceless value and existence of black women to the minds of black men, for them to reassess once again and to reevaluate the significance of our women to our community how we would not be where we are today were it not for our sisters of yesterday who helped us to get here. We didn't get here by ourselves. We're not an island unto ourselves. Black men need to understand that that gift from God in the form of your woman is priceless, precious, immeasurable, and one that you can 
share equal billing with. And unfortunately, that is a problem that we have today. We have so many couples quite often who have conflict because you have the black woman possibly earning more money than the black man. And you have a lot of men who are not easy with that fact. But my brother, I would teach them that what you need to understand is to value your woman. Continue to support her in her thriving and her endeavors corporate-wise or professional-wise because Mm -hmm. she's only going to come back and bring all of that love and all of that paper back to the family and then in turn help you with what are the visions and goals and aspirations that you have. You don't condemn her. You cooperate with her. Absolutely. Now you're saying something now. See? Right, right, because <laughs> I don't know why that doesn't translate, but people miss that whole point. It's coming back to you to help you do what you strive to do, to support mm-hmm. what you want to do. It can only benefit mm-hmm. you. You know, mm-hmm. use it as a stepping mm-hmm. stone. Unfortunately, too many men, the self-perception has been damaged. Remember, we're, again, it's all about perception. And a man's self-perception oftentimes is that he has to be the breadwinner. You know, and, and that's all good. There's nothing wrong with having that aspect of your masculinity and wanting mm-hmm. to be a provider. But being a provider takes on many forms. It's just not material, materialistically or economically. Being a provider means being there to support your woman while she is going to school, Absolutely. while she is bettering herself, while she's going through what changes she's going through on the corporate job, because it's not all a better roses for her either every day. So that's part of being a provider as well. So I just encourage everyone who has the who has the mindset. Uh, if anything that I've said this evening has resonated with your spirit, please feel free to go to my my website and that's russellblake.net. Russell with one L R U S S E L Blake.net, and consider purchasing this book for yourself if you're a man, for yourself if you're a woman, and also for your 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 young children, your adolescents who are in the household. And I would say, especially for the men, with tomorrow being Valentine's Day, this is a great gift Absolutely. to help to empower and support and uplift the woman of your life. That's a great idea. That is a great yes. idea. What was the last part you said? <laughs> the last part of what? What was the About last what? thing you just said? You just oh, said I something said in after Jesus you got name. the... Jesus yeah. Now, you can say it a little loud. Yeah, I, I'm, yeah. <laughs> I, I heard you the first time when he finished speaking before, he was like, yes, uh, praise, praise God. God. We, we praise I, God on this yes, on here, on, on Black Bread and Faith. We are Thank believers you. in Jesus Christ, and All I don't knock right. anybody else for who they, uh, who their God is, but on here... It's, it's Jesus Christ all day long. It's God Amen. all day long, so yes. it's okay. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad to hear that. Praise God. And, oh, and, and absolutely. Again, my, my work is all based on biblical principles. As you well know, the word teaches us that a man that loves his wife loves himself as well. Absolutely. And that we yes. have to love our wife as, as Christ loved the church and gave himself mm-hmm. for it. So everything that's contained in this book, it's based off of the Song of Solomon, the book in the Bible, as well as Proverbs 31. And I tell you, it's been very edifying for me to get so many positive responses back from the people who have purchased this book. I will share with you quite briefly. I I ran into a 77-year-old woman uh, most recently. She's a mother of the church. She was married for 50 years. Her husband has gone Mm -hmm. on to the Lord. She bore 15 children. Mm. And she got a hold of my book, and she was loving it, and she heard I was in the area, and she came to get an autograph. 
And she said, I just want to tell you, I might not have a man, but I take one to bed with me every night. I know, that's right. <laughs> I love Absolutely. So when I can get a 77-year-old woman who was married for 50 years and raised 15 children to sign off on this work, then that's all the validation I need. Uh, I just encourage you, sisters, to, to when, the, when the opportunity comes, to get your copy as well. Oh, we Are you on will. Amazon? Because I'm trying to look you up right now. Is it on Amazon no, or is it just strictly from your site? Correct. Exclusively through the site. Okay. Russell Blake. Okay. Okay. Now, I was just wondering, because it's such a great platform and a great message, have you been able to deliver um, the book or the 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 force driven behind the book and the message to any groups like have you been able to go to any prison groups or any anything where you've been able to deliver to a, a form yeah. of black men to get the mm-hmm. message out? Well as a matter of fact, I have been doing public speaking recently and I've gone to, from prisons to my last event was for the Delta Sigma Theta sorority. And I was had the opportunity to speak to, I don't know, it must have been about 500 people there at the event. And uh, the men of the community were vitally were present. And these men encompass all groups of the community, from Muslims to variety of multi-denominational Christians um, to professional law enforcement, the lawyers, et cetera, uh, pastors with their audience, et cetera, as well as to men in prison. And the beauty about what it, what it is uh, I have experienced is that instead of experiencing on a mass level a lot of men who would want to reject or to rebuke because oftentimes men can be very uh, confrontational, very competitive, mm-hmm. and they don't want another man telling them about their marriage, their relationship, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But I believe, as with any message, if you come to them in the form of love, not in a confrontational spirit, but do you make them to believe and make them to understand the significance of the woman in their community, in their family, in their history? Once they begin to embrace the knowledge and the truth and the wisdom behind that, then the layers of obstinance, the layers of ignorance begin to fall down. And they begin to become encouraged because the truth will do that. There's nothing that can dissipate darkness other than light. And when you bring the light of truth unto any individual, ignorance has no choice but to disappear. So I'm very fortunate to have had the opportunities to also incorporate through speaking about domestic violence the truth and the knowledge using this book, using the Bible as a foundation of what responsibility we have as men to now begin to thwart the plans of the enemy, because it's bad enough the dumbing down of America is so widespread and industrialized through the education of our children nationwide. It's bad enough that that is taking place. We have to, as men, come together and address the issues of culture, the issues of education, the issues of domestic violence. If we sit complacently and do nothing, then we will wind up being destroyed as a people. You can only look around at the facts, and it's already demonstrating that. But number one ethnic group in all comprising uh, prison populations is who? African Americans. The number one gender 
of ethnic group comprising the majority of prison populations is who? African Americans. Now we have an upgrade. Recently, the Bureau of Prisons just reported statistically African American women are now becoming the fastest growing group in prisons. To the wow. point now where we have private prisons. Private prisons that allow you for the first time in this country to invest and buy shares in the potential failure of a people. So now we have people that are buying shares in private prison, betting on black people to fail so that they can reap a dividend from it. Mm. Come on now. Wow. Come on now. So it's, it's truly time for us to turn this thing around, and it begins with love. And the plethora of books that I've been seeing out there quite lately is a lot of Christian erotica, which is an oxymoron in itself. Hmm. This book is not about being a, a Christian erotica book. It's a nonfiction book. It's a spiritual book based on Proverbs 31, and it's about uplifting, empowering, supporting, and loving the women of our community. It's an excellent, edifying tool for our men of our community to open their consciousness and raise their awareness to the significance of our women. And I can tell every man, if you love your children, in spite of the fact of whatever changes you may have gone through, divorce, whatever the case may be, you cannot love your children and hate their mother at the same time. It's impossible. Hmm. It is impossible. It is logically impossible. So if you truly love your children, then begin to do what is necessary to revolutionize the thoughts of your mind through forgiveness. Move past the foolishness and love the mother of your children and bless her and do everything you can to help her. Okay, if things didn't work out between you two, there's irreconcilable differences, but you continue to be there as a strong uh, foundation of support for her because your children's sanity depends on it. In Jesus Absolutely. Name. This needs to be broadcast like every thirty minutes. <laughs> right, Walmart. right, right. And Jules, <laughs> if we got to put it at the club, <laughs> club Jesus, huh? Wow. Right. No, we just put it at the real club that they go to, and then bring them to Club that. Jesus. <laughs> there you go. There you go. That's right. That's right. Wherever yeah, we yeah, got to yeah. get the message out, we won't have to be there. Just wherever we got to get the message. Because I am telling you, you are speaking the truth. Absolutely. Plain and simple. It was such um and uh-huh. oh, go ahead. No, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. You're about to say That's okay. Uh-uh. <laughs> That's okay. No, um, I was just gonna say it's uh-huh. definitely an honor to um have you on the show. I mean and and you never know where the conversation goes to, but this is awesome. Praise From the music to um, now, we didn't talk about your public speaking and personal empowerment. Yes. Just can you give us yeah. a little tad bit of that before you go? Yeah, by all means, as I um, stated, uh, I've been doing that on behalf of the topics of domestic violence as well as the empowerment of women. I was oh, very fortunate. Okay. In, yeah, I was very fortunate to know. Uh, my last engagement was in uh, here in California for the Delta Theta Sorority Organization. They mm-hmm. organize a fantastic event for the community. Um, the next sneak peek I can actually give you is we're working with something Les Brown has contacted us. And oh, wow. he's going to be doing a tour very soon. And um, he's contacted us for me to be a part of this tour. So uh, all I can ask is that you stay 
stay connected to the website or, you know, send me a, a friend request on Facebook, and, and then you will find out exact dates of the tour and what, what uh, American cities it will be going to. But um, it's, it's about uh, speaking out and um, raising the awareness once again, and consciousness is key. And if God has given me any facet of truth and wisdom, I cannot keep it unless I give it away. Anything that we have been given that edifies, that loves, that, that promotes, that nurtures growth, that nurtures healing, we have a responsibility to give it away. It's been given to us so that we can be stewards over it, not to be hoarders over it. So we have a responsibility to give it away the same way you are giving love to your children and nurturing them with the wisdom that your parents gave to you through the experiences that you've had in your life, the same way you have given it to them. And you are going to teach them to be productive members of society so that they can go out with the gifts that God has given them and nurture and heal others. This is our responsibility. If we don't know where we come from, then how can we know where we're going? So I know exactly where I came from. This is a destiny of the mind. This is a destiny of the soul. This is a destiny of the body to lift up and empower our women. Because when we empower our women, good things happen for the whole family. You know the old saying, if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody ain't happy. So, <laughs> Absolutely. That's the mission statement. It's about just empowering our women. And I do it from a sense of just wanting to uh, do what is necessary as a man, to take that part of masculinity from me and to be a prayer warrior over our woman, to be a provider over our woman, to be providential over our woman, to speak safe over our woman. And the wisdom of this is, again, women are the nurturers of our families, of our civilization. You are the first mothers on the planet. You are the first nurturers in the science of nurturing on the planet. So if women begin to fail, what is going to happen to the rest of us, whether we are men or whether we are the children? What is going to happen? You know, back in the 60s, there was a plot by the government to destroy the black community through the infusion of heroin and the infusion of guns into our communities. And the philosophy was that if you can take the man out of the family, it's easier to destroy the family. Now we have a situation where they have so many men in the prisons, they've been so successful in so many ways with that plot, that now we're going after the women. And we're looking to destroy the woman through perception. And perception is something that is not to be underestimated. And I, for one, cannot sit still or stand still if I see black women being denigrated in any way, shape, or form by any medium, whether it is music, whether it is literature, whether it is movies. So I'm just standing up as a strong black man from Brooklyn for our woman. In Jesus' name. Amen. Um, awesome, awesome, awesome. Um it was such an honor to have you on the show, and really? wow, I definitely will be in contact to keep up with your um, up-and-coming projects. I've already requested you on Facebook from one of my accounts. I'm going to request you from the other one also. Thank you. Yes, um, and I will definitely be passing the word about the book. I will be posting it on our blog. And with your link and everything, too, so people can access that, too. And that's uh, www.russellblake.net. Yes. yes, and that's Russell with one L, R-U-S-S-E-L, Blake.net. Absolutely. Oh, okay, you have a fan page. You, do you have two fan pages? 
I have an author page, a fan page, and then my regular page. Yeah, okay, I see. Yeah, fan okay. page is for the music, and the author's page is for the literary, but everything is primarily done through the uh, through the personal page. Okay, cool. Praise God, praise God. Ladies, thank you so much. We look much to have you back on the show. Absolutely, oh, not a problem. Okay. You're always well, welcome we here. And um, when I do start traveling, hopefully we can maybe drop through one of your events or projects you're um you're doing in the future. Yes, please follow me. Absolutely. We'll stay in touch through Facebook and, and uh you know, the, the itinerary is soon to go up on the on the website, so by all means come on through. Come on through. Let's get you on stage and do some singing. Ooh, oh no. <laughs> oh no <laughs> <laughs> And I must say the photography I'm a photographer also. So I'm really checking out some of these pictures, and they are really hot. These are some nice, the black and white. Oh, yeah. Yeah, great photos. Thank you. So um, we're going to let you get back to your um, busy schedule and enjoy the rest of your evening. Absolutely. Thank you so much, ladies. God bless you, and I look forward to speaking with you again soon. Thank you, too. Thank you. Have a good night. Peace. We are going to go to break. It really was. It really was. Uh, I'm going to take a real quick break, and we'll be right back. Okay. Of course, I'm trying to see what I'm going to play. Tiffany, what's your email address? I'll text her.
Good evening, and we are back. This is Black Writer's Face. I am your host, Ms. Mocha, and my co-host is with me today, DeAndrea. Um, awesome guest today, Russell Blake. Yes.net. Please stop by his website, purchase his book. It's really awesome. Um, he's doing a lot of big things. He's been in the music industry for 38 years. I think he's the first guest I've had come on that uh, was in the music. And I don't even think I've had, no, I did. I did have yeah, one. Yeah, Gospel, yeah. But anyhow, it's, it's just. Um, he has Selena Johnson. Amazing. Well, the 38 years part, though. Oh, you're talking about the timeline. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. So um, uh, I do commend all of them. Um for because it's still anything within the arts I think is a um not difficult but it's a challenge, you know, anytime you really want to do something and it's not a nine to five and you really have to get out put yourself out there and prove to people this is what I do and I'm good at it and this is my gift. Sometimes yeah. it's it's a bit challenging to get uh go through that with the photography. It's people to support you. The gift is there. The 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 work is there. They see it, but not everyone supports. So uh, we definitely um, will be supporting him on his future projects and, and everything that he's doing. Um, and look to have him back on the show. Um, I do want to touch on the um, dedicate the last thirty minutes of the show to uh, Whitney Houston and the the news that we got about her passing and um I um a friend of mine she has her own radio show and I called in and and, and gave my own comment concerning um the you know the rumors are flying oh she was just a crackhead she was on drugs da 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 okay well guess what she's not the first person that was on drugs and she's not the last so with that being said that shouldn't even be the conversation that shouldn't yeah. even be, and she had another caller that called in after me. I basically was just like, you know what? At some point, she's still human. Mm-hmm. She still was a human. She's not on earth with us anymore. So, is anyone praying for her family? Is anyone praying for her mom? Her daughter. Her yeah. daughter. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Bobby. I seen a video that they had of him. I, I, I guess he's on tour with um, New Edition. I guess they were doing some kind of thing. Um, and the night that she, that he heard the news, they were actually on stage performing. Mm. So he took it really hard. And I can see that, I mean, 14 years, you know, still. You know, regardless of what went down, you any time that you spend an amount of time with someone and you um, build any kind of friendship or relationship, you care about that person regardless Absolutely. of what happened. So Absolutely. I just think it was just overlooked that everybody, instead of everyone focusing on the whole drug thing and this and that, nobody's perfect. And I'm not saying that it's okay, but she had a caller calling after me and was like, um, it's still a level of responsibility and who would do that to their child. And once you have a child, why would you make a decision to do that? And I don't think, and I understood his point as well, but I don't think that people wake up and just say, I'm going to become a drug addict. 
I'm going to try this new drug that's out. No. I'm sure that's not how it happened. I mean, I've seen, and we, we don't know we weren't there, but right. I've seen um, different stories like the Natalie Cole story when I've seen her movie. And I have the book as well. I haven't read it, but I have the book as well. And people did, life does not come with instructions. That's and that's truth. not to say that it's okay, but it doesn't come with instructions, and you have not just, you can be raised the correct way, um, mother and father in the home, good education, all of that, but guess what? When you walk outside that door, you have that whole world influencing you with all this other crazy stuff. So everyone is not as strong as the next person to say, Oh, you know what? Nope, I'm not going to do that. Everybody's not that strong. So, um, it just, life just doesn't come with instructions. I'm just going to leave it like that. And a lot of times we make decisions that are not always the right decisions. And sometimes we make it out of it, and sometimes we don't. So, I'm just, I thank God that I never, I, I've never had that experience. I don't have any family member that is, you know, close to me that has uh, an addiction to anything or anything like that. Of course, every family has their issues. So um, I believe that as um, a people, and not just a black community, but just period, the world, if we were to pray more, I think that it would um, definitely help to increase the strength of life, period, as a whole. So, um I just um, want to say that Black Rider Space is um, definitely praying for her family, her daughter. And I think they said they had some pictures on the Internet about her daughter was on drugs and she going to be mm-hmm. just like her mama. See, that's what starts when you, when you, because I remember being small and it, and that's what people do in the black community. Now, I don't know if this is a world thing, but I know in a black community, in the family I grew up in, yeah, they they said stuff like that. Oh, she's just going to do such and such and such. Well, wait a minute. Where the positive at? You right. didn't already spoke. I was going to do it. And once you speak something out your mouth, that thing has power. So guess what? It will, it will, uh, it can grow into existence. I mean, you, I mean, come on, kids. We go through so much and we sit and listen. I remember sitting around and listening to my aunties talk about me. The same ones that say they care about me and take me to the mall and buy me clothes and all that will still turn around and talk about me right while I'm sitting there. Now, what kind of influence is that? So I just think that uh, (laughs) that shouldn't be the concern. Pictures, whatever, whatever. Are you praying for? Are you praying for the daughter? Because now she's lost her mother at such a young age. Yeah. And, you know, who are we to say she was a bad mother? And she, she had some issues, obviously. Right. Yeah, she had some issues, obviously, and she couldn't get past them. She couldn't let it go. She wasn't strong enough. She didn't try hard enough. We can sit all day long and say what could have been, what should have been, what she should have did, what she didn't do. We can say all that, but guess what? She had to live that life. She had to walk in them shoes. So that's all I'm going to say about it. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, I did download one of her songs, and I cannot. It is not on here, but. I did have a Whitney Houston song I was going to play, and, of course, 
Anyhow, um, we just want to say that we're praying for her family, and uh, we still will always support her music. Um, with that being said, and and then she had another caller that came on and said the the one thing, and I was like, she is so right about um, a lot of times they don't acknowledge someone until they're gone. That's true. We and within the last few years, day. every time you seen Whitney Houston, they were showing bad pictures of her. They were seeing how bad she looked. She this, she that, she crazy, she ghetto, blah, 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 blah. I remember seeing the reality show, and even I was like, what is this? Right. What the hell? Right, right. So even I'm at fault for that, you know. And now, okay, she now she died. So now everyone seems to be very sympathetic and Oh, her voice was, and her voice was beautiful. Everything that they're saying about her is definitely true. Mm-hmm. It's just that um, with all the negative talk, I just hope that the the majority of us that did a lot of the negative talking are now maybe just have a different view of the whole picture instead of just focusing on the bad part. So, yes. Anyhow, uh. I think my favorite song was uh, You Give Good Love. That was out. Uh, matter of fact, that's one of my songs that helps me uh, write that part of my book. I was, I think I was nine, and um, my mom and dad were separating, and we were moving. We moved to Alabama. We only stayed down there for the summer, but that song was out. So every time I hear that song, uh, it puts me right back there. So mm-hmm. anyhow, yeah. Yeah, I might say she was she was a just an absolute um inspiration. Um and and you know, like you said, we've all made mistakes. We all can't speak to what another human being is going through. Um, unfortunately, uh she fell and succumbed to the, the the lifestyle that she lived in. All we can say now are, you know, good things about her and try to just remember who she was and what she did. She paved the way for a lot of black artists, black female artists. Not just black, but female artists everywhere. No one had heard anything like her. Um, She was fresh. She was young. She was hip. She was stylish. She was royalty. She was... um, uh, 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 she reached levels that a lot of us didn't. Even when The Bodyguard, the movie The Bodyguard came out, I loved it. And she set, oh, yeah. so many, oh, yeah. she right, set the right. bar on so many levels. One, even though interracial couples were talked about at that time, no one had really done a movie like that where you had Kevin Costner. At that time, he was greatly that. noted. Yeah. He had done movies like The the Postman or um, uh, Dances with Wolves. I mean, he had done different, I think that was him, but he had done different movies. And Whitney was known as a vocalist at the time. She hadn't been in very much many movies. I know she did Wayne Sex Hell, which is an iconic movie for black women. Oh, that's my favorite, yeah. Um, but so she didn't. They didn't just raise the bar on how movies are done, but they raised the bar on soundtracks. You know, before a soundtrack to a movie was just something that went along with it. A lot of people didn't get it, but so many Grammys were won based off of the Bodyguard, the soundtrack that it raised the bar mm-hmm. as to how people had to even do soundtracks to movies. So mm-hmm. I just applaud oh, wow. her. 
I remember dancing to her music and singing, and I remember everyone who ever thought they could sing auditioning to to her music. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember when she redid The Greatest Love of All. I mean, she has just been just an irreplaceable monument in our community, and it's sad that she is gone. She will be greatly missed. And I just hope that people continue to commend her for the good things that she did in her life and separate that from the bad things that she's done. So Absolutely, because we all have some stuff we are guilty of that we may regret. But life is all about uh, living and learning and learning from your mistakes. Yes, so. it is. <sighs> I yes, know I yes, try to... Um, Note minds and not repeat them And um, I was just saying that I sent you that text uh, A couple days ago And I'm like Okay You know what This this All this, this down here on the earth Is so temporary mm-hmm. It's so temporary So worrying about Who Saying what Who thinks this Who thinks that it's not even that serious for me anymore. Yeah. It's really not. It's really not. And I'm not saying that, that that means it's okay to do whatever. What I'm saying is you do you in a sense to where where I am, I'm trying to do what pleases God because I'm trying to be with him when it's all over. So that's what my main thing is. It's not even... It's not about people. It's not about the issues of this world. I mean, we sit up and we worry, stress, stress. Even now, I still have to be careful because when I get upset about stuff, I try not to even get upset no more. It's like, you know what? You know, we got kids and we try to encourage them. And, of course, Mm -hmm. you know, they have to go through their little thing where they think Mm -hmm. they know everything. So, you know, you can tell them, but you know what I do? I just pray. I continue to pray for them. And uh, because what's happening is, it's like now, 2012, I mean, compared to 1993 and 2012, if you're not getting it and and making different decisions now, a lot of people are not making it back. Mm-hmm. So the teenagers, they're not making it back through. You know, we, we you, you go through stuff, but... Um, I think, and that's why I think it's so important that we continue to just pray for each other because um, tomorrow is not promised. So, absolutely, uh, prayer changes things. Prayer has power. So, with that being said, if if you can't do anything else, don't stress about it because stress kills. But you can pray, and to me, prayer gives you that okay to say, you know what. Okay, I gave it to God, and that's that. You know what I'm saying? I can sit it on the shelf now, and I know it's going to be a change because I already believed it before I asked him, so, you know, it's okay. So Absolutely. And she was raised um, very spiritual background. Um, yes, absolutely. You know, and then think about Diane Warwick was her her family. You know, oh, she had, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, so it's just. It's really unfortunate. Um, I was always rooting for her when she made the comeback album. Remember, Alicia Keys wrote that song for her. Um, 
Who's that fast up tempo? And it sounded song. good to me. I know they said her voice Absolutely. had gotten kind of messed up, but shaky. I liked the new album. Sounded really good. Mm-hmm. She had a Christmas song on there with her daughter on there singing. So, I mean, you know, ultimately, it's it's all in the company you keep. I didn't know she was hanging out with Ray J. And uh, I didn't either. Yeah, I saw that. I didn't know that they were they have become friends and. You know, there's things going around about Ray J and how he was conducting his life since the whole reality show and everything, and that they kind of were into the same thing. So, mm, okay. I don't know. I but know either that. way, the bottom line is you cannot take away from Whitney Houston what she was about. You cannot take what? away what she has done and who she was and what she has meant to all of us, just all of us. So... I will continue to pray. I mean, again, for her daughter, she, yes, you know, she has a young daughter who has seen both of her parents deal with addiction, which has been very difficult for her. It was on, it was televised. That makes it very difficult. Also, um, you know, a lot of times people, you know, get the sense that, you know, uh, with Bobby Brown, you know, uh, the, he had the show on being Bobby Brown, and that was the reality show, and a lot of, that's when a lot of their personal things came into the media. Before, all we did was hear about it. We didn't know that all of that was going on. And so, you know, I, was oft, I often wondered how he dealt with it, because even though, you know, the gentleman we had on today, Russell uh, Blake, mentioned about um the video vixen, and I remember when she had the the uh, the video where she had Bobby Brown on her couch, and she was saying, "Bobby Brown is on my couch right now." And I remember how he was saying that hurt him because he was down on his luck. He looked at her as a friend, and he was trying mm-hmm. to rebuild his life. And so mm-hmm. I just hope that he continues on with his life. That this is not something that he uses as a form of guilt. You know, exactly. because a lot of times you can feel so guilty that you left the person. You know, he exactly. may feel like he left her in it, and he could have bought her out with him. But you can only save yourself. Right. You really can. Right. You and can't then make you have to be careful, too, when somebody close to you dies, that you don't die with them. Mm-hmm. So I, that's why I don't, it irritates me when people say, um, when people say, well, you can't, I had a friend tell me, uh, he knew somebody that had been mourning for like 10 years or something. I'm like, you know what, uh-uh, no. And so he was like, well, you can't put a time on someone's mourning, mm. looking all sad and stuff. I said, wait a minute now, yes, you can. Now, come on. No, no. Who but, I mean, this? I can understand it happening. <laughs> Who said this? I, a friend of mine. Who? A while back. Um, and I'm like, how do you ten years and I know I know things like that really happen, but my point is is that you have to make up in your mind if you want to live or die because mm-hmm. when you go in mourning like that and for ten ten years, that's a long time. It is a so long time. no, it's something wrong with that because then you you've you've attached yourself to that situation and guess what? You're going down with them. So mm-hmm. it has to be a decision. And I can't understand it, it happening, I'm sure. But um, that's why I think it's so important that we have people around us when tragedy uh, happens right. like that because yeah. you have to, you know, and I know everyone 
doesn't always have somebody around them to encourage them or whatever. Because like I said, you have family that will sit up and talk about it in your face. Mm-hmm. So, That's um, true. But you yeah. know who, who you need to be around and you know who's good for you and who's not good for you. So. Right, but I, I do, I mean, I see movies all the time when I used to watch Lifetime real heavy, and it was certain people who didn't have, sometimes it is in situations where they don't have nobody, you know, and they may not know about prayer. So mm-hmm. just in those situations, but then again, it, they, they most of the time they turn out to be a success story where they ended up meeting a teacher. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it was a teacher or a counselor or, you know. That's so. why those roles are so important in our community. And it's so important that a lot of times people say, you know, teachers don't get paid much and, uh, you know, right. the roles, counselors aren't doing anything. It's so important that if you take on the, the job to uh, be influential in someone's life at such a critical age, especially the 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 junior highs and the high schools and even the, the kindergartens. You know, you have to make sure that you live up to what you're supposed to do. You knew what you were getting paid when you got into it. You know, you have to take it. You have to take responsibility for what what you chose to do. Nobody made you be a teacher. You know, mm-hmm. so you know we depend. I, I as a parent depend on you. You know that my kids will go and get quality and receive yeah. that from you, and you know they have to have someone inside their school that they can feel comfortable enough to come to these you know with these situations and things, so it's just so important. you know one thing I can just say from all of it is just love one another, continue to pray, you know a lot of times we don't even like to mention God in this day and age it's so such a taboo subject. You know, some people don't believe in God. Some people don't worship the same God right, you do. Right, right. And that's why I let but our guests know. Um, you it was can, okay. Uh, he said that a little bit like, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> but I can understand, you know, and he still said it like, okay, this is where my, my source mm-hmm. comes from. Mm-hmm. But in a, you know, not that he was trying to hide it, but I think it was like a matter of respect. He mm-hmm. probably didn't, you know, no, no, but it's okay. <laughs> it's quite okay. Absolutely, um, because that's what we about up in here, up in here. <laughs> Right, right, right. And um, even um, going back to the relationship segment and all of that, and I still say, that man, he wasn't no bad person. Mm-hmm. He wasn't no bad person. I, I pray for him that he, you know, but life don't come with instructions. So, um, hmm. and we say stuff when we are upset and hurt and not hurt, hurt, but it's just certain things you don't do to people, but you know what? When I looked at it as a whole, hurt people hurt, hurt people. people. Mm-hmm. So looking at it from that aspect, what else would you expect? He been hurt his whole life. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but anyhow, just to um, piggyback on, you know, well now, well now they talking about God. Now they getting all spiritual. No. I always talk about God, I and I always look mean. at the spiritual side of it. No, I'm just mm-hmm. just in general, just in general. How people are. Yeah, yeah. So just to uh, address that um, concept of, you know, our listening world and different people's opinions and stuff like that. But um, anyhow, um, at the end of the day, 
We still need to pray. Mm-hmm. They say all the time, pray for your enemies, pray for your haters, because everybody don't want to see you do well, and that's kind of crazy to me, but it is people out here like that. And and like the words say, we wrestle against not flesh and blood, but um, principalities, and, yeah, it's not even, it ain't even always about the person. Right. It's a spiritual battle. So we have to, um, once you... Um, have knowledge of the word and you really understand the whole concept of what's going on. And it's not always easy to deal with either because you still be looking at people like, what? Uh-uh, get out of my face. I don't want to talk to you. So I know I do it a lot. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so anyhow, at the end of the day, I still, prayer is my first thing in the morning when I open my eyes and, uh, Pray and ask the Holy Spirit to guide my conversation because I know I might say something out of pocket to somebody or get upset and then I start getting headaches and all that stuff. So mm-hmm. my whole thing has been trying to stay, remain stress-free, enjoy life, but still continue to grow and learn and, and gain wisdom. And my ultimate, I, I can't change it and my ultimate goal is to be in heaven with the Lord. I'm not trying to go to hell. Absolutely. Really don't want to go to hell. So um we all need improvement and, and um he'll take it one day at a time but don't take advantage of each day either. So the whole um live like it's your last day, I, I can't really go all the way there either. But, you know, um Prayer is still my ultimate solution, I believe. I agree. So we're going to wrap it up for tonight. And, um, again, for our listeners, we um, we did not announce the writer's contest we we're going to do. We are, I am so far behind with constructing things for the show and for our listeners, I really want to get you guys involved with the new site, uh, I Love Urban Lit. Um, I will be advertising again the Black Writer Space Ning site. We have like 340 people in there now. So I will be, um, it's been kind of sitting. I haven't really been doing anything, but I'm going to be doing some updating on that as well as the blog. Uh, again, our Email is blackwriterspace with two S's at gmail.com. Feel free to send us a comment or suggestions. If you know anyone that's interested in being on the show as a guest, we are offering um, marketing packages starting at $30 sponsorship fees. And what that means is that the whole entire show, 30 to 45 minutes of the show, is dedicated to you, your book, your product, your brand, and um, what you're offering. So that means that you'll be posted on our Facebook, both Facebook pages, our Twitter, and our blog um, for the the advertisement of the show. We have other packages, and the the interview sponsorship fees, they start at $30. So if you're interested or you know anyone that, um, and it, it really is good for a lot of new authors who need exposure because when you first, your book first, nobody knows about it. So um, Amazon, Barnes & Nobles is good, but it's also good to get on any 
type of media outlet that you can to let uh, the public know about your book, what you're offering, what you're talking about, and um, where it's available for purchase. So um, we're here. Feel free to email us. Hit us on Facebook. Hit us on Twitter. And um, this week I have, Wednesday, I have Omar Tyree. He will be on our show. I spoke with him this morning um, through email. And uh, I had almost forgot I even sent the contact. I just sent it like last week. He emailed me back early this morning. So um, I'm excited about that. He has books all over the place. So, um, yeah, he'll be with us Wednesday night at 7. And I have a couple other people. That are filling in I already have March Filling up as well So um, Those of you who are interested In um, getting on the show Just let me know I do everything through PayPal So for $30 It's really not much to ask for And um, the, Our listening audience is growing I also spoke with Gerard McClendon this morning really? so Of course I was excited about that Yeah he sent me an email I believe it was, oh, last Thursday, Wednesday, Thursday, Tuesday, one of them days, and he told me to call him. And, of course, I forgot to call him. So I called him this morning. And I'm thinking I'm just going to a voicemail, so I'm prepared to leave a message. Mm-hmm. No. He has a 1-800 number, and it says um, push push 1 if to speak to Gerard. And I push, and then I'm on hold, and I'm expecting the voicemail. No, he came online live. Hello, this is Gerard. Can I help you? <laughs> right. So I'm like, hello. So, um, yeah, we chatted for a bit. Um, he gave me some uh, really important information I needed concerning the um, show and some nice little tips and stuff. So, um, oh, Jesus, I was supposed to email him. Okay, I'm going to have to do it tomorrow. He told me to send him a formal uh, request for interview. Mm-hmm. With the questions, topics, he needs to know. I'm like, okay, here we go. This is where my structure comes in at. So um, we always say we're not scripted and we're not, but it comes to a point now where it's like, okay, now we need to get this professional side in. And so uh, what better person to get it from than Gerard? So like I always said, I would always be kind of nervous about interviewing him because he's, this is what he does, and he's great at it, and he's been doing it for years. So um, that was, I think that would be just like Oprah coming on the show. Like, mm-hmm. wow. So um going to get him, and he already told me what his best days. They told me to send him two dates. So uh, most likely it will be a Thursday or a Friday. Mm-hmm. So um, he may be on this week or next week. I'm not sure. So, of course, I'm nervous, so I'm, I may make it next week. But um, I'm excited about that, about yeah, getting him right. on. He was the one I always say he's the one that gave me the suggestion about starting the show. I wasn't thinking about mm-hmm. no radio show. So he mentioned it and was like, that would be great, blah, blah, blah. And it, it is great. He knew what he was talking about. So, um, And it, it's growing all by itself. So uh, that's definitely a blessing all day long. And um, we are going to wrap it up. 
and we will see you guys tomorrow at 7. Right now, I don't have a guest for tomorrow. And this week, we didn't have any relationship. i got to start getting in some different topics and different discussions. I do have a few people who have books concerning relationships Mm -hmm. on the uh, spiritual side. So um, I will be filling in some guests pretty soon. Not sure if they'll always be on a Monday, but I definitely want to get them on the show. I am trying to contact um, Ty Adams. She is really, really good, and she uh, promotes dating without sex. So I'm like, well, we need to get her on here. Mm-hmm. So um, I have sent a contact form through her website, and then I tweeted her as well. Also, I, I made a comment on Facebook. She did reply back and told and forwarded me to her website, and I told her I had already sent something. So I understand people are busy when you're um, in the limelight like that. You don't catch every message, you do, and everybody doesn't have a publicist to do that for them. So I completely understand, but I'm always working around the clock trying to get different guests and um different topics, and I know I do want to stick with the relationship topic and not so much of bashing anyone or a drama Mm -hmm. aspect of it, Mm -hmm. but to help some folks because these are still everyday issues. Even when we do have the drama ones, it's it's still happening for real. So um, all the way down to the two sisters I was supposed to have on, and the other sister didn't reply back, and then I was just going to have the one, and she's like, oh, it's not good, her schedule, you know, so... Uh, maybe in the future we will have her on, but um, I think I'm probably going to post uh, for anyone who wants to come on and be a guest if they have some type of, kind of like the, the strawberry letter thing, like what Steve Harvey has. Well, they get the actual letters in, but um, if I don't have someone directly contact me, I'm just going to start just putting different topics out there and, and see who bites and then we'll just have them on the show and talk about it. But like I said, I, it's good to have the experts on uh, who either have written a book about relationships or like, like K.L. Belvin, he was really awesome with the information he had, So, especially for the men. So, um, And then we have uh, some that focus on the women as well and, and the, the coaching and the personal um, mentors and stuff like that. Anyhow, enjoy your evening, and we will see you tomorrow at 7 p.m.
Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.